you for sharing space with me on the heartbeat today. Um, this is Thank I think, you. our fourth time that we get to chat, really. Like over the yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was three times we've done kind of just different topics, and then the one time we did the joint uh, conversation. I think. Well, we did the Father's Day special, which was fun, and then we did the joint uh, interview with uh, man. What was? Oh man, the the author. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Yep, Patrick yeah. Van Horn. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. So how have you been? Like, I know we're going to catch up a little bit and I'll just edit some of this out, but I would love to hear about your summer. Um, it was just busy. Uh, like it, it, during the summertime gets to be like the obstacle course racing, like championship season. So we have, uh, like OCR North American championships, Spartan North American championships, Spartan world championships. It's just, you know, one race after another kind of thing. So it was really busy doing that. And then, uh, you know, just, having fun going to the beach because we live 30 minutes away from Virginia beach. So uh, going to the beach with Camilla and having that fun summer, summer before kindergarten uh, fun. So, right. Yeah. It, it wow. was, it was enjoyable though. It, it was, uh, it was one of those good summers. Yeah. I'm I want to jump into some of the OCR and Spartan stuff. Definitely. Um, Cause I have some questions and just so listeners know who are listening in, we have not, done any sort of prep for this we're just going to be authentic and organic and just whatever flows is what's going to flow we did ask our respective communities for <laughs> ideas and <laughs> jason provided some <laughs> oh man it will be fun your community is awesome so uh, i think this is going to be a fun show we do have kids in the background we have dogs in the background that's what real life is so that's what our podcast yep. is going to be today. So I'm excited to get started, but I really want to ask you a quick question. Maybe I'll just get us started about your racing. Yeah. And so I know this last summer you had an injury and yep. I'm, I'm curious how, you know, being in such a prime optimal shape and doing all these things and having a, a knowledge that this means so much to you. Um, how, how did that affect your like, I guess your mindset and your, and your, um, racing really more your mindset than your racing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, definitely the mindset thing. I think more so than anything it affected, I think, uh, racing, it definitely, you saw it, you could see it in the way I place. Like normally I place much higher, like last season than I did this season, um, in a couple different races. And, uh, it, it caused a lot of frustration, uh, because it was, it's an Achilles injury. And, uh, and with the Achilles injury, it just wouldn't go away. It just, there, the only way it would really just go away is if I just stopped doing what I was doing for a matter of weeks or months. And so that was kind of out of the question because, you know, I, I wanted to get out there and race. And so I continued to kind of train and, and, and get out there and race. Uh, but, but I think what, it, how it really got to me was as the season kind of unfolded and as it kind of got further and further down the line, I'd be at the start line and, you know, instead of, you know, having a more optimistic mindset, I, it was kind of like, oh man, I'm going to suck. All these guys are going to beat me. It was kind of that down, you know, downtrodden attitude, I think. And, um, and then after, uh, I'd say it was after, after um, Tahoe and, and I started, you know, I took some time off from after Lake Tahoe and the Spartan World Championships, which was, kind of end, end of September timeframe, I took a few weeks and I really just, um, I started focusing on a new event called High Rocks. And it's a, an event out of Germany. It's, it's kind of a different, it's not obstacle course based, but there's a lot of running involved and then there's a workout station. So it's more of a like CrossFit type event, but it's got 8,000 meters worth of running in there. So, uh, so a little bit different. So I started training for that and I started like focusing a little bit more on um, you know, lifting legs and doing some, you know, aerodyne bike work and not, not a whole lot of run, like volume running. And then, uh, just for giggles, I decided to go out to Virginia and, uh, um, last second I got up at two in the morning, drove out past Charlottesville, which is about a three hour drive and decided to do a race on a Sunday morning. And, uh, it was pouring down rain, which sucked, but, uh, but I found myself, you know, it, later in the race in the top five, which I have not found myself in all season long. And so, um, so I, unfortunately I fell off one of the obstacles, which normally I wouldn't have, but it was just one of those deals. 
Um, and then I, but I still finished in the top 15. And uh, I think coming away from that, my mindset, um, it, it, it was the boost I needed uh, to kind of say, okay, I'm not washed up. I'm not out of this thing. I just needed to recover. I needed to kind of change the way I approached my training. And then the last piece and the piece that finally clicked in Virginia, and I think it's helped me through training um, so far is, hey, you're still in this. You can still race with the best of them. You can still run with the best of them. Um, that That's the piece that I think most people, um, when they lose that, they lose their ability to be competitive. And I was starting to lose it and fortunately kind of found it at the right time. <laughs> Was there, was there just something that just clicked like at two o'clock in the morning, like I need to just go do this or? Yeah, I, I have been debating it back and forth because it was Virginia. I haven't, the Virginia Spartan was actually my first ever Spartan race that I ran a little over two years ago. And so there was, and I didn't get a chance to run it last year because I was out of, I forget, I was somewhere else. And so, um, so this year I was like, I debated it, but then I was, I was very much on the, I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to stick to my higher ox training. And then just Sunday, Saturday night, I just kept like going back and forth. And finally, I remember waking up at like 1am and just saying, let's just do it. And so I just jumped in the car. I got, got dressed, jumped in the car at two and drove out there. And I, I'm glad I did. So for, for people who may not have heard your whole story, I guess we should tell them a little bit. Why is this sport? so important and why are you so passionate about this sport yeah i think so you know going back to a little over you know let's go back three years ago um you know my daughter was two uh, camilla was two she's five now um i was coming out of a separation with with my ex um i was in a bad spot mentally and physically i think mentally i just uh I, I wasn't there. I, I was dealing a lot with depression issues, uh, post-traumatic stress issues from time and service and then just other things. Um, you know, it, it was a lot mentally, but then top it all off, I was physically just out of shape. And, and I, I was just not, I wasn't, I wasn't in a good spot at all. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And, um, and I remember just, uh, you know, being outside with my daughter and, and not, you know, not being able to keep up with her. She's only two. And having to take breaks and almost feel like I got to take a nap three times a day to get through the day kind of thing. And just it was sluggish. And then, uh, you know, just that battle you have. I think everybody has that battle. Men and women have that battle with themselves in the mirror where you look at yourself and you're just, you know, you have body image issues and other things that top off your depression issues and everything else you got going on. So it was all that just compounded into one. And then um I, I had that come to Jesus moment at one point where I had to look in the mirror and say, you know, something has to change or you're just going to continue down this spiraling path and, and who knows what's going to happen. Um, and so I, I knew to be a better father, to be a better man, to be a better person, I had to do something. And, and, and so I was always kind of athletically inclined. I played football in college and high school and, and, and ran track and, and, and in the military, you had to kind of have to maintain that physical fitness. So, uh, I, I, I started looking for something to do and I just happened to come across a Groupon deal for a Spartan race in Virginia and said, you know what, let's do it. And so signed up for it and, uh, drove out. And again, it was same, same spot as I raced a couple weeks ago, Arrington, Virginia, um, drove out there by myself, um, um, did the open heat, which is kind of, it's not the elite heat. It's not the guys that are out there winning prize money. Open heat is, you know, everybody, um, in the community that's out there just trying to get themselves better or doing it for fun or doing it for whatever reason they have jumped in that heat, uh, finished, Oh gosh, like in the top 200, maybe, uh, was, was, and that's, that, that wasn't saying much. Um, and, and, and when I, I, when I crossed the finish line, I kind of became addicted. I, I knew it was, I had challenged myself and, uh, there was times during that race I wanted to quit. There was times during that race. I just, uh, you know, you're, you're facing obstacles and you're, you're, you're not, not knowing if you're going to be able to overcome them. Um, and so I fell in love with the idea of, uh, of overcoming obstacles in that sport along with the, the, the just physical challenge that it presented to me. And so it was, it was mentally challenging, it was physically challenging. And then on to top it all off with that community and OCR and Spartan and everything, um, the community is 
just nothing like you've ever experienced. I mean, everybody's out there for their own specific reasons, but there's kind of a brotherhood sisterhood that evolved from that community just because everybody's out there for their, to, to achieve a common goal. And that's to complete that Spartan race. But there's for 150,000 different reasons. It's to lose weight. It's to do it for my daughter. It's to do it for prize money. It's to do it for a lot of different reasons. And so fell in love with it and then just started gradually signing up for more and more and more races. And over, I'd say about a six to eight month period. Um, yeah. Cause it was July of 2017. I started and by December of 2017, I had lost at that point, probably about 35 pounds. And I went from finishing in the top 200 in a race in the open heat to finishing in the top 15, 20 in the elite heat at Florida in December. So I had seen a quick, a quick turnaround and I, I just became a madman at training and becoming dedicated to it. And, uh, it, it definitely changed my life for a lot of different reasons. I love that story. I've heard it a few times and I, and I just get chilled every time I hear you talk about that. And I think for me, it's like, um, you know, you move your body, you change your physiology. And I know that you know that. And I don't think people realize how powerful that can be for people to just start. So I know you and I've had this conversation, like I was supposed to run the Tough Mudder in August. And I am very disappointed as I did not do it. <laughs> I'm ashamed to be on this podcast with you and say I didn't do it because you told me just do it. You'll be awesomely fun. Um, I'll get it done. I will. But I think like people don't realize just get up and move. And yeah. it just really does change your physiology. So do you think that's the case? Like that first time, even though it was really flipping hard, it just like changed the chemical makeup that's going on in your brain. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just, a, it was a, it was an initial step. I mean, any step is forward and to your goals is the right step. I think we're, I, I give a lot of people, uh, give a lot of people advice regarding that, that first step. Cause the first step is actually, I, I would say the easier step to be honest, like you can make that decision to sign up for the race. It's pretty easy to get on a computer now and click register and put your credit card number in. And, and next thing you know, I'm registered for a race. But there's so many steps that come after that to, to make to make sure you're ready for it. If you're going to get into a training cycle, uh, starting to, to eat you know, right. I don't call it dieting because it, it should become a lifestyle. It should be eating right and not dieting. It's, it's those kind of things that are going to lead you in that direction. And where a lot of people fail, and you see this a lot with, with, uh, with, with New Year's resolutioners, for instance, because we've got New Year's coming up, um, you know, after a couple weeks or a month, they may not see this drastic change that you see on The Biggest Loser or some of these TV shows or on Instagram, and, uh, and, and they quit. They give up. And uh, one of my role models kind of that I had that I looked towards for motivational talk was Greg Plitt, um, and he has this conversation in front of a campfire or a fire one time where he's talking about just your body, if you, especially if you haven't moved in it in a long time, it's, it's, it's hard clay. And to, to get that clay moving, it's going to take a while to get it warm and to get it you know, rolling and to get it moving. But once you do, you're, you, you'd be amazed at what your body is capable of doing once you, once you get it to that point. But getting to that point is going to be difficult. You're going to wake up sore. You're going to wake up tired. You're going to wake up like, do I really want to go to the gym and do that to my body all over again? But I promise you, if you just stick to the plan, it becomes easier and easier and easier. And then the challenges become greater and greater and greater that you want to achieve i think it's a it's a whole tie into this and the mental physical aspects of it perfect sense and so you talked a little bit about new years and resolutions and i just actually posted an instagram story today about how it's almost insanity <laughs> like that new year <laughs> new you type of thing like yeah it's, it's it's insanity like don't wait just start yes like yeah don't don't wait until January 1st. Don't wait until tomorrow. Just start now. And I think people, like commercials and marketing and all that kind of stuff just has it in our brain that we're like almost brainwashed to, oh, we got to wait until January 1st to make a move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and you see it a lot with just anything. I was like, the I'll start Monday crew. Like, I'll start going to work out on Monday because it's a brand new week. 
or mm-hmm. I'll start tomorrow because it's a brand new day. Right. If, if it's something that you truly are passionate about and you want in your life, start the next second, start the next right. minute. I mean, it's, right. it's, let's, let's not wait because the longer you wait, the longer you put it off, the more it's not going to get accomplished, the more it's not going to get done because life happens and you realize, okay, well, maybe I should put that off for a little bit because of this or that or the other. And next thing you know, it's 2021 and you're making the same resolution you <laughs> made in 2020. <laughs> right, right. It's it's what you make a priority, right? What you focus on yep. is what you get. And if you focus on procrastinating, you're going to focus on procrastinating. That's just the plain and simple fact of it. So let me ask you about like, so you like priorities, like what, what priorities, like, I know that your daughter is like your number one priority. Oh yeah. As, yeah. Aside from, aside from her, she's so cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you prioritize your, your day as far as like what you think about? I think that would be helpful for maybe people to understand sort of a little bit of inside your mind. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, like anything, I think you, everybody's got goals. Everybody's got, you know, they want to either get a promotion at work or they want to accomplish some race or there's 7,000 billion kajillion goals out there that people want to accomplish. I kind of wake up with those goals in mind. Like the minute I wake up, it's, it's, it's the things that are foremost on my mind, which one, number one is going to be my daughter, obviously, but number two is going to be, I want to, you know, this, this past year, for instance, it was, it was Spartan world championships. I wanted to be at Lake Tahoe. That was my number one goal. It was, it, it was, you know, some phys- I had some physical, uh, goals that I wanted to meet in the weight room as far as weights and run times and things like that. And, and so those things were foremost on my mind. And when those things are foremost on your mind, when you wake up, you kind of almost backwards plan from there into the, well, if, if I want to accomplish that, this is what I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to eat right today. I'm going to have to make sure, you know, my, you know, whatever I'm eating is dialed in. I'm going to have to do this and this and this on my training schedule. And, and let's just say life does present obstacles. Like sometimes Camilla's going to get sick and I'm not going to be able to train the way I want that day, but I'm going to, I, I'm going to make some trade-offs throughout, but Ultimately, it's one of those things where your goals have to be at the forefront of your mind from the second you wake up until the second you go to sleep. And then what I never want is I never want to go. I don't ever want to lay my head down in the bed at night thinking I could have done more today to accomplish what I want to in the future. Um, You know, I never want I don't I don't want a regret a daily. You know, I have kind of a daily regret list almost was, man, I should have done that. I wish I would have done that. But I instead of saying, I wish I would have done it and not change it. I, I try to affect what my tomorrow is going to look like. And the next day is going to look like based on what I didn't accomplish today. So it's, it's, it's very much just a, a goal oriented mindset. And that's and, and whatever your goals are, the, the priorities are set from there. So if you want to, you know, win a Spartan world championship or, you know, qualify for some big event or do something, you know, big with your life, you may have to not go out on Saturday night and party and drink uh, to accomplish that goal. So what's going to be the bigger priority, hanging out with your friends and staying up late or, or, you know, watching Netflix or doing those things or getting a good night's sleep, waking up, uh, meal prepping, doing all the things you need to do to accomplish your goal. So that's kind of where it plays in. And so, um, I talk to people all the time. It's, it's when, before you make that decision, is it a, is it a desire, a want or a need? And does it, does it directly impact or affect your ability to accomplish your goal? And if those are, if it's a, if it's a want and it doesn't get to your goal accomplishment and you have other things that are needs that can get to your goal accomplishment, then why are you doing it? That's the, the you have to start asking yourself those questions. And so that's kind of just the advice I give people regarding how I kind of prioritize things in my life. That's, I like that. And I think, I think what you, you hit on, like your why, like, why are you doing what you're doing type of thing? I think people don't realize the, the power in figuring out what your why is. Sometimes people just do something to do something because everyone else is doing it. And yeah. they, don't have <laughs> that, they don't have that why behind it. Um, and then you can't sustain it if you don't have a, a, a true, just, you know, why am I doing this? Like a full understanding of what that really means. I think you can get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, one of the most powerful quotes I heard regarding the why was if you know your why, the how will like 
the how will figure itself out. Like if you know your why and you know your goal, the how it's going to get accomplished will eventually figure itself out. Because if you're driven enough to, and you know your why, you're going to get there. Yeah, it's just a mindset over matter kind of thing. It's, and, and I've kind of noticed that in my own life is if, if, if my why is powerful enough that I'll figure out and I'll make whatever I need to make a priority to get that goal accomplished and to get whatever I need accomplished to meet that priority. So, I, yeah, I mean, that's one of the most powerful quotes that I remember hearing. And I've kind of lived by that is if you know your why, your how will figure it out. Oh. If people follow you on Instagram, they see that you never stop. (laughs) You're always going, always doing something. And so do you ever want to say, I just want a day off? (laughs) Like, I don't want to do something today. Or do you feel like that's a slippery slope for you? (laughs) No, 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 definitely. I I mean, I definitely take some time off. Um, I did joke with a coworker the other day that like maybe this year I'll take a real vacation. Because uh, the last two years, my my vacations mm-hmm. have been have been to the Amazon and to uh, Nepal to do uh, some some um, nonprofit work with an organization called Wine to Water. And so both those vacations were me, uh, you know, fixing water wells and digging trenches and things of that sort. So um, it's starting to feel like maybe like a beach, Cancun, Bora Bora type vacation might be in the mix. <laughs> right. Um, Cause I, I do feel like you can burn yourself out. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and I've definitely had those moments, but I, I I'm kind of fortunate that I have Camilla to balance me out in a lot of cases where if I didn't have Camilla around, I think I'd burn myself out very quickly. But with her, the opportunity to sit on the couch at the end of the night for those two or three hours that I have her, that she's, you know, off the bus at home with me, you know, not about to go to, you know, we're not getting ready for bed and all that kind of stuff, but we're just kind of hanging out together and maybe doing homework, maybe reading, uh, maybe watching SpongeBob SquarePants. I don't know. Um, those are the moments that I think allow me to recenter, um, even though it's not something that I would do for relaxation. I mean, SpongeBob's laugh just scratches at my my brain. But uh, but I mean, but I mean, it's it's one of those things where it allows me those moments to just kind of recenter and spend time with her at the same time. So it's kind of a win win. And for me, I mean, I get a chance to spend time with my daughter and and, and be there with her. But it also allows me so that that break in mindset. And then I'll be honest, like tonight, once I'm done here, I, I'll, you know, work with her, you know, put her to bed and then I'll be on the treadmill uh, getting some miles in that I didn't get earlier today. So. Um, it, it's, it's kind of always, it's always on, um, cause my, my thought and my mind keeps running, but, but there are those moments that allow me to kind of center myself. And I, I, I do, I do think those moments are ne- necessary or I'd be, I'd probably be laid on the side of the road right now. <laughs> I just had a conversation with, um, this woman, this at the beginning of the week, she's a organization coach and she helps mm-hmm. people get organized, not only in their physical space, but you know, in other areas of their life. And, you know, one of the questions that her community had for her was, is there, is there a space to, is there like a thing as being too organized, like being obsessive? And so that's my question to you. Is there, and you kind of answered it. Is there a time when you're like too on all the time or is it like obsessive? And so you kind of said that Camilla just kind of balances that, but that's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. I, I think, that, you know, I wouldn't say like I'm organized to the nth degree. Like there are de- definitely things that I procrastinate on. Um, and, and I'll be one of those ones that'll say that I do my best work when I procrastinate. Um, <laughs> it's the rush to get it done quickly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there are times where I find myself kind of unorganized and, and things are kind of out of sorts in a lot, in some ways. And I'll be honest during those times, I, I almost have anxiety attacks. Cause like, it's, uh, it's something that I've had to learn over time. And I think it's, it's helped me with just relationships with everybody from my pair, my parents to friends, to family, to everybody where learning to kind of, especially with Camilla, learning to let go a little bit and not have to worry about having 100% control at all times, um, it can be kind of uh, relieving and kind of be a, a, a breath of fresh air in a lot of cases. Um, and so I've had to learn that 
the hard way because I, I tended to be a very perfectionist. If my shirt wasn't in the right spot in the closet and I couldn't find it in five seconds, it was, oh, my gosh, the world's going to end. Uh, but but I think uh, that that's changed over time, especially with children. Um, you know, that that definitely has changed. A lot of sense. And, you know, I want to kind of circle back around and talk about this, this community in the OCR community and the Spartan community. And I know when we've chatted in the past, and maybe it was one of the times that we shared space with Patrick and you both, you know, are in the military. Does that yeah. like, you know, that sense of community from being in service to the sense of need for sense of community now, do you feel like that's where that might come from? Or is it just that we're people and we are supposed to be in tribes of people and, you know, not be single <laughs> solo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's definitely both. I think, uh, I think there's a natural inclination to want to be around a group of people that have a similar mindset, similar, um, you know, um, hobbies and everything else as us, uh, and want to accomplish a lot of the same things as us. But I think that, uh, my military service, and I think this is where Patrick and I were coming from, it becomes, it becomes more ingrained in you. And then, um, I think the experiences are a little bit more, um, I don't know the best word traumatic, I guess. Uh, they're, 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 they're a little bit deeper, um, uh, because of the experiences you have with these individuals, you, you know, you're, you're going from, uh, I have a, you know, a set of friends that I have in high school that we hang out together because we all play football together to now we're all in the military. We're all responsible for each other's lives. And, and then, you know, we could be involved in explosions and firefights and other things. So I think the relationships in the, from the military service are just deepened by the experiences you have versus the, the normal, you know, human interactions that you'd have with other groups of people. So I think that's, that's kind of what, what drove what drives that need to want to be around a, a community of people um and then with with the ocr community i think um again it's not it's not as deep and traumatic and everything as a military service but i think um it's hard and and anytime you go through something hard and difficult with a group of people i think that bond that you have with those people is going to be deeper than just the superficial you know we all like to go shopping at you know, forever 21 together kind of people. So I think there's just a difference there. And so I think that's what drives a lot of that tribal mentality and, 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 and the relationships and how deep those relationships are with people. So I, that's just my experience and my opinion, I guess. Do you think that that, you know, with the OCR community, do you think that sense of vulnerability, like you're vulnerable in front of other people who are trying to do the same thing that could be equally as hard, or you might see someone who's having a little bit more challenge getting over an obstacle that shows, you know, other people I'm vulnerable. And so it's like, yeah. I'll help you. I'll help you. Like, that's what I've noticed. in you know, just reading some of the comments that people make on your page and some of the stuff that you know, I've just seen and a, a few other people's that vulnerability, I think, is really huge. Yeah, the, the vulnerability and transparency, I think. I, and that's that's really, I mean, one of the things that's helped me, I think, a lot in all my relationships and all the interactions I have with everyone is, is that no longer am I trying to hold back or try to, like, put off a certain facade of you know, what people think a man should be or what people think uh, a veteran should be or these kind of different things. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to be myself and trying to be open and transparent and just and vulnerability is part of that. And I think it makes relationships stronger. I think the ability to, to say I struggle with something or I have an issue with something or just anything um, that, that, that makes you feel vulnerable and you're willing to share it. I think that bond with whoever you're sharing it with is just going to become in everything but strong. It's just stronger overall. And um, I, I, I think that you know a lot of my a lot of my followers wanted to hear about dating and relationships. Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes a relationship stronger, to be honest. And that's something that I I probably did not, and I, I well I probably well, it wasn't probably I did not do a good job in my past relationships with is just being open and vulnerable and, and, and honest with my significant other and saying, you know, this is what I'm struggling with. This is who I am. I tended to, to clam up and to, to become shel like sheltered and, and put that wall up. 
and uh, and and you know those people want to want to help, and they're trying to chip away at the wall, but I'm not letting them in. And I think overall that just damaged the relationships more. And I, you know, I think having having a couple years under my belt of just slowly saying this is who I am, and you're getting to the point now where. Yeah, I'm saying that to 21,000 people on Instagram, which is which is mm-hmm. scary, definitely yeah. scary. But uh, but but then I get messages in my inbox from people that are saying I'm going through the same thing. Uh, thank you, and 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 that you know maybe if I can just give that one person some some the courage to say, hey, look, I'm I'm struggling, and and you know that that could be one relationship save, that could be one life save. I don't know, but but. Uh, you know, I, I'm willing to put it out there and try to help. Just reading my mind because I was looking um, through your Instagram page and there's um, there's a post that you posted a while back. It's a black and white photo of you and it's a super vulnerable post. I know you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, there, you know, I was going to ask you about that because your, your circle of 21,000 friends wanted to know about dating and relationships and that, and, and for people who are listening, it's, it's a powerful message of a man being vulnerable and it was beautiful. And I was just curious, like, if you wanted to share about like, what was going on, if it was just like, I just need to get this out and just put it out there or how did that come about? Well, I think it came during a time and like came right after a time where there was a lot of things going on that were good in my life, to be honest. I mean, like I, I, I was, I had just gotten back from Nepal. Um, and I was right before that I was in men's health magazine and there was just a lot of goodness. And then you started hearing the, the influencer thing thrown around a lot and, and, and then getting messages to support brands and everything. And I think it just gets to a point where people think that, a lot of people that show nothing but the greatness on Instagram, you know, have these lead these perfect lives and that they have, they have no struggle. And, and I wanted to, I kind of wanted to just break that mold and just say, Hey, look, I, to get where I'm at, it took years and years. I'm 38 years old. And like, this has only really happened for me over the last couple of years. So, I mean, you have 20 and 21 year olds, you know, graduating college or moving on in the, in the life thinking that they can, you know, they can make a living off of becoming a social media influencer or things and, and, and asking me questions about how to, how did you get 21,000 followers? And it didn't happen necessarily overnight. It, it, it was, it was a struggle and it was, it was years of that. It was years of dealing with all my demons and dealing with relationship issues and dealing with, PTSD and mental health issues and body image issues and everything else. And then, yeah, one day it, it kind of started to click. And, and, and so it's not an overnight thing. You're and, and everybody that you see on social media that is successful, I can almost guarantee you um, that, that the most, the ones that are truly influencers, the ones that truly have a message and that, that truly are, are, are making a difference in people's lives their, their struggles are there and they've had to deal with them because I haven't met one person that's gotten to where they at with where they're at without having something happen to them. That's, that was kind of a driving force, a driving factor for them to make a change or to, 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 to want to meet a, or accomplish a certain goal. And so, I mean, you can look at, you know, everybody from the rock starting with $7 in his pocket to, to, to some of these other influencers out there that, that started with nothing and now look at them. So I think that was, that was my, that was my one, you know, I wouldn't say it's single, but it's, it's the one time that I just said, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I lead this perfect life. And then to, to, for me to have that influencer tag slapped on me without letting people know that there's a backstory and that that backstory is long it's hard it's 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 you know something that i still think about on a daily basis because i'll you know i go on a long run or i do something and i you know i'll say do you want to go back there do you want to be that person again that was you know sitting on the couch overweight dealing with mental health health issues having suicidal thoughts you know not knowing how to raise a daughter not knowing how to be a father not knowing how to be a man 
And, you know, the answer is no. I, you know, the, the, the train's going to keep moving forward. And so that struggle has led me to who I, where I'm at the, at this point. And so to everybody out there, you know, you might be going through a struggle right now, but I promise you, if you just keep putting that foot in front of the other and you keep working at it and you keep working towards your goal, you're going to get there. It's going to be better. If things are going to get okay, be okay. Don't let the struggle become and define your life is kind of where I was leading with that. Absolutely. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite posts on your Instagram page. And so I had to at least chat with you about it. And so you've said a couple of times in our, in our time today um, about being a man, and this is probably a deeper conversation than maybe just the time that we have today. But um, yeah, I, you know, I love that you say that. And I think that people don't, people, especially younger people don't really know what that means. Like, what does that mean to be a man? Like, I get, I get, I mean, that's probably, that's a big loaded question. I yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but like, no. what does, what does that mean? Yeah, I think, I think um, it's just one of those things where I think as times evolve, as we've evolved over time and we, as generations have evolved, I think you're getting more into conversations of just masculinity being toxic period where you know i very distinctly remember you know having you know the conversation with my father about being a man and being masculine versus the toxic masculinity so there was a there was a clear separation between the two where now i think everything's starting to get fuzzy uh which is in my opinion and you know the way i lead my life not not necessarily how i want to lead it i mean i want and this is just an example for, for, you know, for just me. And this is what I tell people all the time. I want to be able to show my daughter and be an example for my daughter of how a person, whether it be a man or a woman or whatever, should treat another human being. And if she gets older and starts dating, I, you know, and she starts dating boys and good Lord knows, I don't want to think about that. But I want to be the example of, of what, how a man should treat a woman and how a man should respect a woman and how a man should go about living his life. And I, I want to be the standard for which my daughter gauges and, and, and views other men. Like I, I don't want her to look back at me and think, Oh, my dad was a dirt bag or something like that. I, I want her to say, my dad, you know, did these things for me to make sure that I was successful and that I led li- led my life in the right direction. And he was an example of how a human being should live, period, whether it be man or woman. But, you know, on the flip side, I think there's the relationship part of it. And there's the there's the you're going your your children are going to go back to the example that they were provided as young children, young adults getting into adulthood of of what, you know, how relationships are, are treated and how uh, loving you are and how communicative you are. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I struggle with communication. And I struggle. I struggled with signs and showing showing love to other people because that's not necessarily the family I grew up in. I mean, my my father was very hard. I grew up with teenage parents. We didn't really communicate love, you know, and those kind of things in ways that you, you kind of see other families do it. And so over time, I've had to learn that and I've had to be more open with my daughter and be, I think, more, um, um, you know, show her more and than just tell her kind of things. And that's led, I mean, that and, and the proud father moment and one that almost made me cry like it was just the last weekend, the last Saturday, I'm getting my, getting her ready to go to gymnastics. And she just got moved up into a higher age group. You know, she, she's five. And she's in there with like eight, nine and 10 year old girls so that are, you know, taller than her, much, you know, much more evolved than her. And she's <laughs> she's uh, and, and she's uh, she's having to go in there with them. And I remember her walking in. I was getting her stuff ready in her bedroom and she walked into her bedroom and was crying and said, you know, Daddy, I'm I'm scared. I don't know if I can do this. And she's five. She's like, I, I'm just scared. I don't know if I can do this. I don't want to do this. And. You know, I was able to have that. I was able to sit her down and have that conversation where, hey, you know, daddy gets scared when things come up, too, that are new to him. And that that, you know, daddy has these same feelings. But you know what? You got to give it a try. And then 
who knows what will happen if you give her give 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 that thing that you scare that fear that, that you fear most a try you may end up loving it and you know she was able to kind of come out of that funk she went into the gymnastics loved it and that you know loved that class and she's in there the smallest one in the class competing with the big girls and and looking back at it you know i just remember my dad got you know he's he's a great man but i remember him being like suck it up go out there and do it kind of thing so you know i think just having um those kind of different conversations and everything so to get back to you know circle back to it i think masculinity doesn't have to be you know i think what the what people define it completely as is you know men with beards with guns running around you know drinking beer and punching people in the face it's not that it's there's a there's a lot more to it than just you know what we view as toxic masculinity there's there's being able to to be the backbone of a family and to show emotion and to show the right path and to be the example and do do all the different things that that a strong man in my opinion should be capable of doing versus you know the other side of the house which i think people revert, revert to when they define masculinity is the toxic side the the guys who are you know drinking and beating and you know doing all the things that you necessarily wouldn't want so I think there, that's much, it is a much bigger conversation. There's tons of podcasts and books out there about it. I am, sure. by, I am by no means the expert, but <laughs> I just try to, uh, I just try to lead by example and just try to be there and, and be the, the, the strong leader of my family. Well, I think, I think that you, you know, just your story there, and that's just my opinion, but to have a little girl have that conversation with her daddy is huge. Cause I think about in my generation, I'm a little bit older than you and my dad is an amazing man. I would have never had that conversation with my dad ever in my whole entire life. Yeah. Not because he would have said, suck it up. Well, he probably would have, he probably would have said, <laughs> suck it up. <laughs> it's a generation thing um, because that's what they were taught. But um, I, I think that you're doing it right. I think that, you know, you have it in the forefront of your mind and, and your daughter is amazing. And so, yeah, I think you're doing, doing that. I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate your, your candidness with that, because I think sometimes people are scared to have that conversation because they're scared they're going to offend someone or say the wrong thing. And it's like, nah, just show up and just be you. And I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> So we do have to we, we do have to talk about relationships and dating a little bit more because that's what your people want to hear about. So I'm curious, why do you think they wanted to hear about that? I I don't know to be honest. I think I think there's a there's definitely a side of the house. I'm I put a lot of fun memes out about dating and and love life and stuff like that. Um, I, you know I I think um, I think people are intrigued by it. I think there's just a there's this gosh, there's this generation of just people that, you know, when, when I separated from my ex, you know, and everything happened, I went from the traditional dating, I guess, where, you know, you, if you didn't meet somebody by chance on Facebook, you met them in a bar or a club or out and you know, I always joke that I thought I was going to meet the next love of my life in the frozen food section of the grocery store over by the ice cream. And that's just never going to happen again. Cause if you approach a woman in a grocery store, I feel like you're going to get slapped as the weirdo and they're going to go running. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, but I think, I think, I think it's just much, it's a different time. It's a different, you know, now, you know, you dating is as easy as getting on Bumble or Tinder or whatever the hinge or whatever the dating apps are and left swiping, right swiping. And uh, I feel like that's become, it's become a game now and it's become instead of a, a way to meet people and date, it's become kind of a, a way to boost your ego and, and, you know, collect names for the, these are all the people that like me, or these are all the people that think I'm pretty or that, you know, in those kind of things, it's, it's uh, become very superficial. And so, um, so I think, I think there's a connection between the way people view me and being transparent and being open about things and, the way people view dating. And I think people, for the most part, the messages I got, people just want to hear my view on dating in today's world and where it's going. And to be honest, it's really difficult. <laughs> and, uh, 
And, uh, and, you know, the connections, the connections you make and the connections I've made, honestly, not been from the bumbles and everything. It's just been through legitimate just conversation and just connection and being open and transparent with people. And just, you know, I, I was talking to somebody earlier today. It's, it's, you still, and with, with social media and these different things, uh, these different apps that you have, people aren't real from day one. People are, this is what, People give a facade. It's a, this is what people want to see. This is what a woman or a man or somebody wants to see out of me. But you're only going to be able to sustain that for, you know, a few weeks to a few months before that facade is going to start cracking. And that, that person that you really and truly are is going to come to the forefront. And then that's not going to be fair to the other person because they're, they're, they thought they're dating somebody else. And then five months go by and all of a sudden they realize, oh, I'm actually dating this guy. And that guy may still be a great guy, but it's not what that person was dating in the beginning. And it may not necessarily be what they want. So my advice for dating to people has always been like, hey, be you from day one. Be, you know, people are going to just take it or leave it from there. And, um, and and I think the other thing that people, why people are interested in dating life for me specifically is what we brought up earlier, the busyness of it all. Like the, the where do I fit you into being a priority in my life dating wise when I do have so many other things going on. And, um, and that part is very difficult. Um, you know, when, when, you know, I make it kind of a forefront topic of conversation where, hey, just let you know, when I have my daughter when these their dates and times i'm with her i'm not getting a babysitter i'm not doing other things those those are daddy daughter times now over time if the relationship evolves to a point where it's very serious and you know we can move forward yeah babysitters will probably have to become part of the routine because you know it's we're it's a different phase in that relationship but date two i'm not gonna go find a, a babysitter for saturday night if i have camilla saturday night we're going to have to figure it out on Monday night or something like that. So, you know, that's just one of the things is making dating a priority. And, and it's, uh, I'll just put it this way. It's not number one. It's not number two. It's probably not number three, four or five. Um, you know, if I could fit it in, I fit it in. But if I meet somebody that, that just is the wow factor and, and just amazes me and, and makes themselves kind of priority number three or four, Okay, but um, you know, hasn't become it hasn't been thrown in my face yet like that, I guess. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm I, you know, I'm I'm grateful that you've answered that question because I was like if we're going to have like a back and forth conversation about dating, let me just tell you I haven't been on a date in 26 years because I've been married <laughs> for that long. Yeah. So I you know, I thought about that when you said that and it was funny. So, um yeah, so there was a Instagram story about that it was really funny, but I was like dating and, and like, wow, like, I don't even know what I would do if I had to like, like I couldn't, I, in this day and age, cause I met my husband in a bar. I did. I just met him in a bar like yeah, yeah. six years ago <laughs> and like, yeah, people don't meet people in bars. You're right. And if they do, it's not, it's not the same. It's so different. Like I couldn't no. be in the dating scene. I, I commend you and appreciate you more than anything. No, I mean, I mean, it is, it is much different. I think uh, people are looking for something different now out of date. Mm -hmm. Like I call it like the hookup culture in a lot of cases. Um, You know, if you're, if you are in a bar, like nowadays, like, especially with somebody who's younger or, you know, or you see a younger generation that tends to be, you know, there's not that, courtship that happens <laughs> like there was back <laughs> the back of back back in our young days yep, yep. Uh, it's 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 and there's there's a little it's a little bit different and so uh so yeah i mean i think there's just a there's just a difference between kind of the generations there and then what 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 are the ultimate goals out of a relationship what are your goals you know and and i will say this i i Ultimately, what I want out of a relationship and out of somebody is, is, and I'll just put it out there like I put it out there to people that I've gone on dates with, is ultimately I want to be their biggest cheerleader and I want them to be my biggest cheerleader. I think the biggest thing that people try to 
people try to become the other person or try to become somebody they're not to meet that person's expectations. And that's when the, the relationship's doomed at that point, I feel like. I feel like if you just come into it with a very authentic, authentic, this is who I am, this is what I want to accomplish, this is who you are, this is what you want to accomplish, they happen to be two different things, great. I'm going to be there for you and I'm going to be there to have your back. And the expectation is that you're going to do the same for me. And then having a child is, makes it, a, 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 you know, much different, uh, you know, kind of thing. And, and so the one thing I will say there for people that, you know, or, you know, for women that want to date me <laughs> is that, uh, is that, um, Cause that's a thing, you know, I, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's one of those things where I don't expect you to be my child's mother. Um, you know, I, she has a mom. She, her mom's wonderful. Her mom's great. Uh, you know, that, that relationship with me and her mother is cordial. I wouldn't have it any other way. Her, her mom is her mom and don't, don't come into it thinking you're going to be mom. Um, but what I do need out of somebody who comes into a relationship with me is somebody that can help me be a, another strong example of what a woman is and what a woman should you know strive towards. And just another example of a strong woman. Don't, don't think you're going to replace mom, but you, you, you can be a strong woman example for my daughter, strong female example for my daughter. And then two, I, you know, I would love to have somebody that, you know, you know, me and her mother have a great relationship, but there's, there's also that loving side that, that, you know, if I can have somebody in my life be that example of, you know, how daddy is, is treats a woman and, and how, what a loving relationship looks like on a daily basis. And, all those kind of different things. I think that's great. I, you know, but, but, you know, I've, I have had individuals think that they're going to replace mommy or that they're going to be mommy or those kind of different things. And that's just setting an expectation that's going to fail nine times out of no, well, nine, 10 times out of 10 with me. Um, you know, and so those are just some of the things that I think dating advice, especially with like being a single parent and, and doing those kind of things and being out in the dating world. I think those are just things that I kind of try to put at the forefront. Like, Hey, this is, this is the expectation. If you can't or don't, or, you know, you want to run now, I'll, I'll buy the drink and you can run. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I'll finish yeah, I- the drink if, <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think that your your point about, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's a mother or a father, but coming into a relationship that there are children present, like having that understanding and that like that expectation sort of set forth is probably really helpful because I think a lot of times people go into relationships and they don't know and they guess. Yeah. And so if you can be clear and they can be clear, like here's what I can do. Um, as far as, you know, in a relationship or here's what I need, I think it's the need. Like, so if you speak your needs, yeah. then you've been clear because if, if you're going into a relationship with a woman and they're like, well, I don't know, does he want me to do this with his daughter? Like, how does that work with the daughter? Like, so being upfront and clear, I think is really, really important in, in setting that, that expectation. So I, I think that's great advice from the non-dating chick. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, and, and I'll be honest. There's only probably there's what been only one real person that that I've really truly dated that's that's met Camilla, and so mm-hmm. I think I think there's a protection factor there. It's you know for me it's it's hey look I you know you're probably never gonna meet her until unless things are serious or there's a possibility of things being serious, and so you know I I what I don't want to have happen is for our relationship to fail. And then also break my daughter's heart. And there's, there's just, there's all these different impacts. I don't want to be, I guess the revolving door. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. So, so I, I I don't want her to see daddy in a different relationship all the time. And let's just be honest, daddy's not in a lot of relationships anyways. So, so it's just one of those things where, where it's, it's, you know, there's a protection uh, thing there for me too, is just, I want to protect her heart just as much. as I want to protect my own. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a lot to it. And so it's definitely changed, uh, over time with, with the way people have gone about dating and dating life now. And, um, I tend to be a little bit more old fashioned in some ways I've tended to, I've had to learn how to be kind of 
new generation in some ways to kind of keep and adapt and overcome uh, some of the <laughs> obstacles that are out there. Uh, was it mil- military mindset, adapt and overcome. Uh, but uh, is that from the military? <laughs> daft oh, and overcome. <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, uh, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 there's a lot to it, and then there's you know there's definitely the desirements that I have. I mean, as I'm 38, I'll be 39 next year. You know, there is there is that small desire that to want more children, and I probably wouldn't call it a small desire. There is a desire to to grow, you know, to have a bigger family and to to, 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 you know, to have that kind of relationship and, and to do those kind of different things and, and do all the different, and you, to have all the different kind of things that you see, kind of the, the Hallmark movie, Christmas movie kind of relationship. Uh, I mean, there definitely is that there. So, I mean, there's a lot to it. And, uh, you know, the logistics of it all is definitely an issue. So, um, yeah. We'll see how it all kind of goes about and how it all changes over time. But right now, I mean, I think the uh, the best thing for me is just kind of keep my priorities straight, keep keep plugging along. And if somebody happens to come into my life that that kind of um, supports that and kind of you know, I wouldn't say meets my expectations, but kind of kind of just adds to my life and 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 supports my life and and helps build me and makes me want to be a better person. And, and, and just, you know, I can envision having around my daughter and those kind of different things, then, then that'll happen. But right now I'm just OCR. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I hope, I hope that meets the expectation of your fans and your circle of people for dating. Like that's probably a whole nother, you know, podcast topic um there's so many things that we just sort of touched on today that we could have another one and so we'll do that but it's been i can't believe it's already been an hour almost it's awesome um i love sharing space with you i love having conversations with you and i think what's what's fun about this last piece is like i bet you people that follow you on instagram who really take the time to get to know you and to really read what you say and not just look at you know this about you but if people just skim it they're like oh 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 and they want to be like oh i bet you i bet you he's got everybody knocking on his door and he's got this and that so i think it's probably just gosh (laughs) yeah yeah you you yeah you i mean based on some of the comments i get i mean like yeah you're right it's it's definitely like uh oh he has his choice like well it's i i don't kind of treat it like that and no i don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, there, you know, it's it's not quite that easy. It's not quite that way. And I think, I, I think that's just again prioritization of my priorities and the way what I what I want out of my life. And so, mm-hmm. I I think it's just a little listening. bit different. No, yep. you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think I think yeah, there's the very superficial thing, and I think honestly that 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 can be a hindrance as well. I think. With a lot of us in life, we we view the opposite sex and they we view or we view the same sex and, you know, no judgment. Uh, there's a lot of different you know relationships out there. But I think we want we always want the relationships with people that have more than us in a lot of ways or they 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 they're achieving what we want to achieve or there, there's just a lot of different things, layers to the to, to the you know desirements there. There's. You know, so I think what people see on paper is, yeah, you know, on paper, it looks like I have my life together, at least, you know, it's the one, it's the dad, the PhD, the, the, you know, the athletic side, the sponsorships, the, the, you know, all the different things that, 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 you know, make someone desirable, I guess, on paper. Um, And then people, once they get into my life and like, once I let them in and then once they start seeing what we talked about earlier in the very beginning of this was the, Oh my gosh, he doesn't turn off kind of thing. Um, it's, it, it can overwhelm someone. And then they, they, they go running for the Hills. They, it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, on paper it looks great, but, um, once I kind of let you in and then we hit that go button and you, you're going, you're on the go with me, you know, are you going to be able to hang? Are you going to be able to kind of, support that or you you know are you gonna be able to live with that you know there's a lot of different things there that are i guess 
they set themselves up to be more hindrances than 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 the desirabilities. <laughs> so uh, we'll just we'll just leave it as that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Awesome. Well, um, I won't keep you anymore because I know it's it's time because SpongeBob is probably like not important anymore in the little girl's life. Oh she's no, her daddy. So. <laughs> no, she's a she's she's a, so I I don't know if you know what LOL dolls are, but uh, but so she's she got I got her new LOL doll, so she's been playing with that, and then she does these, and uh, and to all the parents out there, I I just now got into the watching of the YouTube videos where the children and other adults open the toys, they do the unboxings and yeah, other yeah, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's really. Yeah, that's where she's at. So she watches other people open up toys, and that's where we're at. And so um, she's enthralled with that. And so I probably don't even exist at this moment. We're already getting to that point in life. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. So um, share with uh, the listeners how they can follow you. You're Instagram pretty much only, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I have a Facebook, but like, I don't really use it a whole, whole lot. Um, yeah, my my Instagram is at J Floyd Wood, so the letter J F L O Y D W O O D is my handle on Instagram. And then on there, you'll you know, I have a business profile, so uh, I get a lot of emails um, from you know everybody uh, regarding different things, training schedules, you know, what do I do here, or there, just advice kind of stuff. I do randomly get the weird, you know, send me a pair of your socks and I'll pay you $15 kind of for it. But, uh, but, uh, but, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, other than that, that's, that's the really the primary reason, the primary way you can follow me and get in touch with me. And awesome. I, I try to be as responsive as possible uh, on Instagram and, and on my email. So feel free. Yeah, that's awesome. You are very responsive. I, it's like, I don't know if you're like running while you're doing it, but it's like almost like this instant thing. I was like, does he like stop? No, (laughs) no, you don't. We've made that clear today. So um, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you. um, We'll do it again. And um, this has been awesome. I love this. It's very cool. No, I I love it too. I always enjoy our conversation. So anytime, anytime.